Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, February 1st, 2023. Today on the Ether, securing Cosmos with Bitcoin security via Babylon Chain. Hosted by Tendermint Timmy with Spark IBC, Cosmos Spaces. This is the Cosmonaut Boot Camp. Let's take a listen. Well, we can we can start with maybe just some uh kind of like basic intros and then people who join in the next couple minutes uh we'll, we'll wait to get into babylon chain but maybe a brief little background bit of background on yourself david how did you get to where you are now in the cosmos doing something super cool with babylon chain which i'm excited to get to but yeah so uh just a few words about myself and how i got into cosmos so um so I'm a professor at Stanford, and uh, we have a research group which does research on blockchain consensus protocols. So we collaborate with uh, many industry teams on improving the consensus protocol. For example, we have an ongoing collaboration with Ethereum Foundation, and we work hard with them on improving the beacon chain proof-of-stake Ethereum pro- uh, protocol before the merge. So while doing research, we stumbled on this idea that, hey, maybe combining Bitcoin proof-of-work security with proof-of-stake security, you get something really fantastic. And so that idea started with a research idea. Uh, then we think more about it. We built a team around it to build the research out. And then we found that Cosmos is a really good ecosystem to apply this idea into turn it into reality. And uh, so we've been working in the Cosmos ecosystem for the past year. Cool. Okay. So we'll we'll definitely obviously get into the details of w- what you're doing with Babylon Chain and how it's working and stuff. Uh, but the the general concept of applying or bringing Bitcoin security over to other chains. Uh, I kind of want to just touch on what you mentioned there. What, what makes Cosmos kind of well-suited for it? I'm sure you looked at a number of different ecosystems and like chain, uh, yeah, like I, software development kits. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say that uh, there are multiple reasons why Cosmos is a very good fit for this technology. Uh, number one, I would say, is that Cosmos, the basic design of Cosmos is based on the app chain thesis. So if you think about sort of the so-called blockchain trilemma, which is basically three properties of a blockchain, which is uh, security, decentralization, and scalability, the Cosmos design kind of focuses on decentralization and scalability because 
you're building many, many app chains for specific applications. So scaling is inherent in the design. But because of the trilemma, the security corner is somewhat sort of not in the first order of the design. So therefore, adding more security is kind of a very natural uh, use case for Cosmos, and that's number one. Uh, number two is that uh, we found that uh, IBC, IBC is actually a very important technology to enable us to, after we get the Bitcoin security into our chain, the Cosmos, uh, the Babylon chain, the IBC technology allows us very easily to spread the security to many, many Cosmos chains. So the way we use IBC is instead of transferring tokens, which is one standard way of using IBC, we use it to transfer security, which I'm happy to go into more detail later on. And the number three, which is very important also, is that we found that a lot of people in the Cosmos ecosystem are actually hidden Bitcoin maxis. And uh, so there's a lot of interest in sort of bringing Bitcoin security into Cosmos. So I think those three reasons are the uh, main reasons why we are working in the Cosmos ecosystem. Well, okay. Yeah, I, I think I've heard I've heard similar things to all that, and then also in the past year picked up on the uh, Bitcoin Maxi thing, where it's definitely a trend in the Cosmos. Um, so, okay, let's let's maybe get into like the specifics of what you're doing. So, Babylon Chain is seeking to tap into the most secure chain in crypto, um, pretty much without argue. If we're just looking at metrics, Bitcoin, and use that to supplement might be the best word based on our last chat from what I took away, um, security on certain chains in the cosmos, right? Uh, yes, I, I would, we would make that statement a little bit stronger, which is security of any chain in cosmos. We can supplement. Yes, totally. Okay, cool. And so you guys are both doing your own chain and providing a service to other cosmos uh, what, what's a Cosmos chain in your guys' definition as far as integration? Cosmos SDK, Tendermint, um, IBC, yeah, so, like what's the yeah, requirement to yeah, tap into the, what you're using? The only requirement to integrate with us is IBC, having IBC compatibility. So in fact, we are working with some chains which are not Cosmos SDK chains, but they support IBC. An example of that is Composable. The Composable built on the Polkadot ecosystem, but they're building IBC connection with Cosmos, and they are one of our partners that we're working with. Okay, awesome. I think that's that's really good to hear because I do feel like IBC is the magic of Cosmos, where we have Composable in the audience right now. I'm not sure if you're aware of Composable oh. Finance, but we have the intern down there. They're working to bring IBC to Polkadot, basically. So. I do think IBC is going to spread faster than like the Cosmos SDK or the Tendermint BFT. So that's awesome. Um, okay, so maybe just from the top, maybe kind of give an overall sort of summary and then we can get into the details with just I'll ask follow-up questions from there. Um, how, does this, how does it work? What is Babylon offering? How, if I'm spinning up a new chain or I'm a, Sort of community leader or lead dev on an existing chain. Yep. What might it look like integrating Babylon's tech? Yeah. So, 
uh, if you are a lead dev on a Cosmos chain and you open an IBC connection with Babylon, Babylon is itself a Cosmos SDK IBC compatible chain, uh, which only takes basically right now 10, 15 months. Then what you get back is every block in your chain and therefore every transaction in your chain receives a Bitcoin timestamp. So the basic primitive of our technology boils down to this very important concept, which is the Bitcoin timestamp. In other words, for every transaction you, you have in your chain, we will tell you which block it corresponds to on the Bitcoin chain. And if you think of the Bitcoin chain as like a clock, then it tells you sort of what time that transaction was uh, generated according to Bitcoin. So Bitcoin is one of the most reliable clock in the world, believe it or not, because it just keeps on going and never revert. Right. I've, I've heard that before, actually. I don't know if I totally understand it. Is, it. is it a good clock in the sense that on Bitcoin, every single block is the exact same duration between them? Or is it just that it's so consistent you can use the block sort of like a metric of time? Yeah, so it is a clock in the following sense. It doesn't tell you exactly the time up to the minutes or the seconds because there's a lot of randomness in the proof-of-work mechanism. So, for example, one block may be generated, you know, 15 minutes. Another block may take 10 minutes. Another block may take 7 minutes. So, in that sense, it's not a very accurate clock in measuring seconds or minutes. However, it is extremely accurate in terms of ordering. So, if one block is born after another block, then that ordering is almost surely not changeable. And right. That, and that's the key thing. So therefore, that, what we're doing is maintaining an ordering, but not accuracy in terms of minutes or seconds. Yes, gotcha. Okay, that makes total sense. And then, obviously, one of the inherent properties of blockchains, including Bitcoin, is like that almost that you added in there. Um that gets kind of smaller and smaller, like your certainty of that ordering increases over time. The more blocks have been added correct, on past correct, the point that you correct. understand. Yeah, so, that means that if one transaction gets a timestamp, which is earlier than another transaction, then it is very, very unlikely that any time in the future, that ordering will be changed. And that's the, that's the key. Gotcha, yeah. Okay, cool. So I think... One of the first questions I had when, when we first chatted outside this space, and so I want to jump in with it now for other people who may have the same one. Um, this is not necessarily like um, using Bitcoin to completely secure and validate a chain. It's not like we're going to be locked to the Bitcoin uh, block time or anything. Um, I think my original question to you is like, so do we use this all the time or for certain transactions? Did you maybe want to touch on that? Yeah, so I think you, the, the word thing you used earlier was correct, which is we use Bitcoin security to supplement the security of your proof-of-stake chain, okay? So, uh, so if the, the way to think about it is the following. Your own proof-of-stake validators, 
maintain a certain level of security. And that security is a function of you know, how many validators you have, it's a function of the valuation of your token. So that's your base security. And you can use the security to, right now, you're using the security to secure all transactions, whether or not there are low-cost transaction, high-value transaction, is all supported by this security budget that you have. And so therefore, if you want your system to be secure, in some sense, you're kind of limited by the high-value transaction because you need to make sure those are secure. Now, what Bitcoin security allows you is to segregate your transactions into normal transactions and more important or high-value transactions. And you can use Bitcoin security for the latter and your validator set to support the, the former. And therefore, now your security budget required for your validator is now significantly lower because you're only limited by the low cost or the normal transactions. So okay, that's so sort of one way of thinking about sort of what the impact of our technology on the security of the chain. Okay, so this is something that I as a user or maybe I as a developer would opt into implementing into whatever, like if I was a developer, I might implement the option for users or by default for a certain range. But let's say a transaction exceeds a certain size, like it might kick in and get extra confirmation of that transaction through the Babylon system. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, so a yeah. good analogy, maybe we can start with Bitcoin itself. Forget about the proof of stake, just start with Bitcoin. So there's a good analogy there. So in Bitcoin, the confirmation of a transaction, okay, is actually up to the client, the user, the one who wants to understand whether the transaction is confirmed, okay? So for example, Coinbase waits until a transaction is two block deep into the Bitcoin chain before they confirm. Now, two block deep is about 20 minutes on the average. So that means the average wait is 20 minutes. Now, another exchange may say, hey, two block deep is not, we're not sure, it's secure enough. Let's wait until it's four block deep. Then it's four block deep, that means about 40 minutes. But at, at the cost, the latency, is now giving you more security. So therefore, blockchain, Bitcoin, the consensus protocol, is kind of running without any change. The only difference is that different clients want to interpret when to confirm a transaction. So our technology is very similar to the spirit, is that the consensus protocol, in this case, Tendermint, is running as it is, no change. The only change is the fact that since every block or every transaction has a Bitcoin timestamp, the client can decide when to confirm based on, first, whether or not it receives the two signatures on the proof of stake chain, and second, how deep the timestamp, the Bitcoin timestamp is. And that is up to the client. The chain validators run exactly the same tenement protocol. So that's the beauty of this technology is it doesn't require any change in some sense to the core consensus. 
Interesting. That's that's probably a huge advantage, just in that chains don't need to be, you know, set up at Genesis a certain way or necessarily go through a big upgrade. Like, that's awesome. Okay. Yes, it's a client. So I guess it's a client. Another right. Well, actually, do you want to break down? So, uh, when you use the word client here, do you yeah. mean it in the sense of like a user or something like the Tendermint Lite client? Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, it doesn't have to be a Lite client. It could be a full node. It depends on now. For example, right? If Coinbase interacts with a chain like Bitcoin, Coinbase will become will run a full node but it will still be a client of the chain in the sense that it's not running. Coinbase is not running the consensus. But Coinbase is not a miner, right, in the Bitcoin network. But it is downloading the blocks, checking the transactions, etc. Okay. So yep. That's the client. So by client, so I think a very important concept in blockchain is that there's sort of two types of uh, participants. One is the validators which are running the consensus protocol, maintaining the ledger. And then there is the client who is reading the ledger to interpret which transactions to confirm. So this would be things like probably like RPC nodes and, you know, that's the stuff that powers like our block explorers. Yeah, so there are many. So for example, you know, like Kepler, for example, the wallet, they would run a full node and then they would they the wallet is the client of the blockchain. Another example yep. of a client, very important client, is the IBC client. IBC itself is a client because the other chain, the counterparty chain, has to observe what's happening inside the, the blockchain so that it can figure out whether the IBC message is valid or not. So that itself is a client. So these are examples of the client of the chain. Cool. Okay, good. I always like to get the full context. Um, yeah, as, as so I mentioned the, the before, client, I think. The word client here is a technical. The word client yes. here is a technical client, not just a, you know, customers. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, cool. Sorry, if I'm, no, no, sorry no. if I got a little bit technical there. No, no, no. I, I like getting technical. I just like to clarify when needed because, like, I'm not yes. a dev. I know the listeners aren't. But, no, that's all really good stuff. Yeah, um, and honestly, it. I think... I think the more I think the more that everybody understands about all the bits and pieces of blockchain the better because it's something we interact with all day put a lot of time into money even if you're not a dev it's it's good to pick up this stuff when you can. Yeah. Okay, I think, so I, I think I think a very important concept is that in some sense the blockchain needs to be interpreted and is interpreted by right. the client and different clients may give a different interpretation to the same blockchain. So that's a very interesting concept. And that started from Nakamoto. Okay. Cool. Okay. So another example or sort of, um, yeah, like, so maybe an example of where Babylon might be used. Um, I heard or people were talking in a group chat I was in the other day about the concerns of USDC launching a consumer chain that is secured by the Cosmos hub in just that they were like, wow, wouldn't it be crazy if, you know, the USDC consumer chain, it, it, US, native USDC in the Cosmos is actually limited by the market cap of Adam because, like, 
if that chain gets too much value on it, it can't be secured by something smaller than it. Is Hello? this the sort of area where maybe Babylon could help? Like it could derive the, the core of its consensus from the hub through interchain security, but then for transactions above a certain size involving this native USDC token, it brings in Babylon security from Bitcoin or I, I have no, like, is, is that a possible yeah, in place fact, that you guys have? Yeah, yeah, definitely. In fact, I was just discussing with uh, some people the other day and uh, we figured out that Nobo, Nobo is launching the testnet soon. So we are actually want to start working with them on integrating with Babylon. So the, so the beautiful thing about Babylon, I must say, is that even though you use interchain security, uh, you can also use Babylon. As long as you have an IBC connection, that you're IBC compatible. So indeed, on top of the uh, Atom Hub security, you can superimpose that or with Bitcoin security using Babylon. And this is the beauty of Bitcoin. Uh, Babylon technology is the composability of security. You can compose different security sources together. It's like 15 seconds, but I, th I think we're good. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't hear the last like 15 seconds. Um, oh, shall I, shall I repeat? Because it's kind of important. Yeah. 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 It could be my Wi-Fi is not very good. No, no, no. It, Twitter just crashed on me. That's why I uh, actually I'm surprised it let me come back. Let me invite you to be a co-host if you can accept that um, here on Twitter. Just so if it kicks me out again, the space won't end. Okay, so I have accepted, I believe. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So why don't you repeat yourself? Apologies. Okay. So the question. Maybe you can repeat the question. Uh, it's about it's about USDC on yeah a potential like example or analogy. I had just heard people talking about like hmm would the USDC chain be limited in its growth uh, to the market cap of Atom because it's driving its security from it like uh, and so I'm wondering could bringing in supplemental Bitcoin security be a, a potential aid for that? Yeah. So, so Nobo is the USDC chain launching the testnet, I believe, this week or next week. And we are in some initial discussion on um, potentially uh, integrating them on our testnet. And uh, indeed, Babylon would be able to provide Bitcoin security to Nobo or any chain, in fact, even though if they are using interchain security from the Cosmos hub, uh, this uh, is completely uh, possible to give them Bitcoin security as well, as long as they have an IBC connection to Babylon. Gotcha. Okay, cool. And so I would assume, I know we might probably don't know yet, but if it's compatible with interchain security, would it also be compatible with like mesh security or Terra's alliance, like these other alternatives? It yeah, seems it's like completely yeah. compatible with match security. I have not studied the alliance model, but for, with match security, I the think it would be. Yeah, the cross you have cross validation. The validator set increases, uh, but you can still add on top of that Bitcoin security. So yeah, uh, alliance I, I, is even I, simpler. So I would assume it would for that as well. Yeah, 
Actually, I would like to take this opportunity to uh, contrast a little bit between mash security and Bitcoin security. So mash security increases the um, base security by adding validators. But there is one potential limitation, which is because of the sovereign, you want to maintain the sovereignty of the original, the native validator set, you, there may be a limit to how much you can add uh, the cross-validation, cross-staking. Uh, and uh, so, and in fact, Sunny in his Cosmoverse talk talked about a kind of a power cap, voting power cap of about, I don't know, 10%. And so that kind of limits the amount of security you can share. On the other hand, Bitcoin security does not affect the sovereignty of the chain because if your, if your chain is well-behaved, if the values are well-behaved, then Bitcoin miners can't do anything to, for example, censor your right. chain or destroy the safety of your chain or yeah, convert your it, it's fundamentally It's fundamentally different from like contributing to consensus in the way that these other models do, like interchain yeah, security that's right. and mesh security. Yeah, okay, super cool. So... I guess my next question, like, will stay on the like USDC example. The one thing I'm not super clear on is, is this something that protocols and users can opt into to like make sure that a transaction of theirs or a certain DApp of theirs is exceptionally safe when they care about it, or is it something that can be integrated in? I might kind of flounder here. I'm not. I'm not quite sure. Like an automated sense to uh, preemptively like protect against certain exploits and attacks like with the usdc example um how would babylon help w would it be an automated thing like whenever a usdc transaction exceeds a certain volume babylon's automatically integrated or would it have to be would it be up to various d app uh, developers to like integrate that yeah so again, also, the way to David about, also get uh, a good bit of background noise. You can hear some of the the family. I assume I don't know if you have a place you okay. can step away slightly. Let me, it's let not me too see, bad. Let me see if I can go just one second here. Okay, just give me a second. Okay, yeah. Let me see if I can go into my car to gain some to gain some uh, quietness. Twitter just uh, like decides when it wants to add noise suppression and when it doesn't. It's very weird. Right. Right. Cool. That's one second. I'm moving to a quieter spot here. Okay. I'm, I'm just waiting for my daughter in her swim in her swimming. So, gotcha. All right. Now, should be better. Okay. Cool. Can you hear me? Yes, loud and clear. So yeah, I'll I'll just super real quick uh, repeat the question. Um, is this something that will be like automated Hello? to inherently? Oh, can, can you hear us, David? Can yes. you hear me? Yes. Okay, cool. So just to repeat the question real quick, is this something that could be sort of implemented and automated to inherently protect a certain asset or a chain or whatever? Or is this something that developers and users would have to like opt into when they know there's a certain uh, transaction they'd want? to be extra secure because it's of a certain value or something like that. Like I'm trying to think of exploits and 
um like if if someone were to gain a massive influence over the usdc chain or over adam let's say uh to the point where the cost benefit of doing some attack was there can babylon help in that sort of case or is it more so that you can just add security when people want it to does that even make sense i'm not sure if i'm asking yeah right yeah so um yeah, I think it's right. So let me try to make that a little bit um, uh, more uh, precise. So, um, so again, it's a matter of the client, the client of the noble chain. And the, the client could be an IBC-like client. If the noble chain is communicating with another chain through IBC, it could be you know a full node. It could be a wallet. So the like the client would look at the noble chain and basically if they want to be extra careful, they would so maybe maybe one way maybe step back, right? When we're thinking about sort of why the Bitcoin timestamp is useful, is you can think of it this way, maybe the analogy can be drawn this way. In normal proof of stake, okay, there you can think of the decision or the confirmation is made by the committee of validators. Okay, so the committee sit together in a room, and they vote on a transaction. And if you get two third votes, then you say, "Okay, good. This transformation, this transaction, is confirmed." Okay. Now, the problem though is that hey, what happens if 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 some bad actors control? one third or two third of the validators and they decide to vote again to another transaction then you have the problem which nakamoto called the double spend problem so the the entire bitcoin design is to essentially deal with this double spend problem and nakamoto if you look at the white paper he identified in the abstract this double spent problem as the number one problem he wants to solve using Bitcoin. And now the problem is that if the values are bad, then they could do the double spend. Now, what Babylon technology does is that it says, that, okay, if you, are, if you want to be extra careful, then in addition to waiting for the committee of values to vote, you also wait until the Bitcoin miners weigh in, and if they are also sure that your transaction is legitimate, is okay, then you confirm. So you wait for sort of two sets of people: your local miner uh, validators and the Bitcoin miners. So that's basically the idea. And depending on who you are, whether you want to be extra careful, you can either just wait for the validators to vote and then confirm or you can wait for the validators and the miners both vote and then confirm so okay. that's that's sort of the so the, the is it is it is it essentially accurate to say like all you're using bitcoin for is a surefire way to say a certain amount of time has passed since this transaction was submitted to the chain initially? Or is that too reductionist? Uh, no, we are not really using Bitcoin to 
so maybe the word timestamp uh, is uh, well, not not time as in a certain um, like amount of minutes and seconds, but just as in there has. Well, actually, so here's a question. This might help me understand what what I'm asking here. If let's say a transaction was submitted that opted into Babylon security, mm-hmm. and so at that moment, uh, you know. It would go through IBC, do its thing, grab the Bitcoin timestamp, and then that transaction would take a certain extra amount of time until it's like available to be used. Let's say I was sending something, correct? Okay, so so maybe the the uh, I have to clarify a little bit about this mental picture here in terms of transactions opting in. So actually, there's no op- opting in in from the point of view of the transactions. All transactions will receive a Bitcoin timestamp, whether you like it or not. The transactions don't choose. Okay. Okay. All transactions get this timestamp. Now, the question is the interpretation from the client. So again, I bring back. But wait, I I think I think that you might confuse people here. I'm sure what you're saying is technically accurate, but when you say that, that makes me think that every single time any transaction happens on chain, there's an IBC going through to Babylon chain, and then it's talking to Bitcoin and grabbing the timestamp. But that's not the case, right? No, no, that's the case. That's the case, right? So So how does that doesn't that effectively double the amount of IBC traffic on any chain that integrates it? So the thing is that IBC, okay, so let's understand how IBC works, right? So okay. IBC, IBC works by having the IBC relayer send the headers, headers of the sender chain to the receiver chain so that the receiver chain maintains a bunch of headers of the sender chain, okay? So... The timestamping that we need is to make sure that every now and then the header of the sender chain is received on the receiver chain. That's all we need. Now, we don't need a header update every block. That's too too fine a granularity. All we need is a header update maybe every 10 minutes or every 15 minutes. That's good enough. Because the reason is because, remember, Bitcoin is very kind of crude in the, the time measurement anyway. So we don't need to be as accurate as every second or every millisecond, right? We need to be accurate as the clock of Bitcoin, which is mm-hmm. every 10, 15 minutes. So this overhead that you mentioned is actually very little. It's to make sure that, you know, there's a ping message every 10, 15 minutes through the IBC connection to keep the headers updated on the receiver chain. Okay, gotcha. Okay, okay. So, right, okay, so then when, so I'm with you so far, so now the next part is, what is the other element to it that that kicks in at certain times for like certain transactions? Yeah, so, okay, so now, so now the, the picture is that every transaction will get a timestamp on the Babylon chain. Yeah. Okay? Every every so suppose you are osmosis, just an example. 
osmosis is one of the chains that we are integrated with right now in our test net. So let's take the osmosis example. So every osmosis transaction receives a timestamp on Babylon. Okay. So it's yep. mapped to a block. Now every block in Babylon has a timestamp onto Bitcoin. Okay. So if you combine the two together, it means that every osmosis block or every osmosis transaction has a timestamp on Bitcoin. Okay. Yes. Now, so now the question is the confirmation, right? So I'm looking, so I'm interested in a particular, I'm a client. I'm looking at, for example, a UC, USDC transfer transaction. And I'm looking at that transaction as the, okay, when can I con consider that transaction to be confirmed? Yeah. So now my confirmation depends on the timestamp. So I can say, okay, I'll just ignore the Bitcoin timestamp because maybe it's a very low value transaction. I don't really care. I want to quickly confirm. Then I'll just confirm based on the tenement protocol, which is that I get two signatures on that block. The block is finalized. Then I consider confirm and I move on. That's one option. Yep. Or, or I can say, oh, but this is a kind of an important transaction. So let me just wait a little bit longer until the timestamp of that block becomes, say, two block deep in the Bitcoin chain. So following the okay. case example, two block deep in the Bitcoin chain, then I say, okay, now I know for sure that this transaction cannot be reverted because Bitcoin is so secure. Then I confirm. So you can see in this example that actually the transactions themselves don't do any op in and op out. It is only the wallet or the client or the IBC client that is making the right. different so information. When I said opt-in earlier, I guess I was technically wrong, but I was right in the sense of just, you can opt to wait longer. You can opt right, to, right, to like right. let more time pass. Yes. Right, right, right. Exactly. Okay, gotcha. So then I guess my next question is like, is this really specifically just for double spend attacks? Because I'm thinking of some other things like, you know, if I do a transaction and I'm, it's a ton of money and I want to wait and make sure it's secure. I don't think that matters or helps me if like the entire chain were to shut down or go through a, a, a governance upgrade that changed everything. Like, let's say there was just some crazy, like 67% attack or whatever. Um, Babylon wouldn't necessarily help with that stuff. Is it really for like double spend? Yeah, so double spend is indeed the main uh, use case. I'm trying to think though of what other attack vectors uh, you, you are discussing. So for example, you are saying that you're worried that the chain will completely go dead because, for example, your validators stop voting for the block. That would be one possible attack vector, right? Is that, yeah. is that an example of what you mentioned? Okay, yeah, so in that case, the chain is dead. And uh, that is actually maybe a better, maybe, maybe a better, that's kind of like a crazy out there example. What I was kind of going to ask earlier and then before we confirm some other basic stuff is, mm -hmm. so what happens if I'm, I'm on a chain doing a transaction that has Babylon integration. So I make a transaction um, and my idea or, or the system, whatever is going to wait to get those extra 
kind of Bitcoin confirmations behind it. Yes. What would happen if like the chain halted just for whatever reason, like pretty soon after I made that TX and then, you know, it comes back up in 20 minutes, like 20 minutes would have passed, but not 20 minutes worth of blocks on that chain. Is that sort of thing helped by Babylon at all? Or, or like what, what would happen in that, that scenario? Would I still have to wait an additional time after the chain comes back online to reap that benefit or? No, no, you don't have to wait double. You don't have to double wait because okay. in that case, the 20 minutes have passed and the, the depth of the block on the Bitcoin chain will reflect that 20 minutes. So that's actually a potential another like use case for Babylon in addition to double spends is like if there are times of chain outage or halts, um, you can kind yeah. of be more sure that, yeah, transactions that took place around that time aren't like as affected by it. Would that be because you because you're still you still have your sort of consensus from elsewhere, not technically consensus, but. Uh, your assurance, maybe, as a more colloquial yeah, term. Yeah, I, I, I would just say that, I guess, here, the chain has lost liveness for 20 minutes, right? But yeah. Bitcoin does not lose liveness. So, therefore, it is more, it, it got two blocks deep into the Bitcoin chain, and that work is still reflected in the consensus. So, in, in some sense, your validator stopped working for 20 minutes, but Bitcoin is working for you for that 20 minutes. So yeah. overall, you still get the work. Overall, you still get okay. the work. Yes. So you see, the, cool. the thing is that the thing is that the values are working normally, right? To vote yeah. and confirm. But the, the thing about proof of stake chain is that each validator is doing work uh, to vote to secure each block separately. The fact that you've done work on one block doesn't mean it makes you more secure on the previous block or the previous previous mm-hmm. block. Whereas in Bitcoin or in any proof of work chain, when you do work and generate block, you're actually also adding to the security of the previous block. That's why the more block you build on a block, the more secure that block would be. Right. And right. Uh, so we are sort of taking advantage of this fact and therefore waiting longer for Bitcoin security makes sense, whereas waiting longer for proof of stake security doesn't make any sense. You cannot, so the thing about proof of stake security is that by waiting longer, you don't get more security. You just get the same level of security. Right, okay. Cool, so I think the, like, one of the one of the last things I wanna like clarify here, I think it'll just help cement everything. Um, how, would a double spend attack or like actually work in cosmos like i'm i I know what they are how they work i I used to kind of know some details about them about bitcoin in in regards to bitcoin but it's definitely been a while and i'm not sure how it would work under like proof of stake and the tendermint bft so I'm, i'm trying to think like how does babylon come in and actually prevent errors or exploits or whatever and i think first for me to understand that i first need to like kind of comprehend how double spends would even work in the the cosmos world yeah so double spend uh can work in different forms so for example just give example one example is that for example suppose you have a chain 
with two IBC partners. So a double spend could occur by giving one brunch, one fork to one partner and another fork to another partner. Okay, that means that the state of the system is now sort of faulty because two different partners are now perceiving a different state of the system. So that's and then I of a hold on. I want to jump. I want to jump in for other people. I think I kind of do understand, but I want to clarify. So the thing with kind of like forks or chains is, I think Tendermint chains might fork often, but one will get pruned. Right? Is that the term? Like one of the two. Oh, you want to elaborate? If the two forks both have two signatures on them, okay. Yeah. Then they cannot be pruned. What you can do is you can now slash the people because now there are a lot of people who double sign on the two blocks, okay? Yeah. So you can slash them, but you can't prune them. And now at this point, your state is not deterministic anymore. You have two possible states. Yeah, and okay. So you, what you can do is you can hold the whole thing and somehow go to social consensus. But now the problem is that there's actually no agreement to figure out what actually is the state. So this is unlike a situation where, for example, a bunch of values stop voting and a chain holds, and then you can go to social consensus, but your state is still deterministic. Everyone has yeah. an agreement on what the right state is. So you can restart the chain by going through a complicated process, but nevertheless, you have a, a commonly agreed upon state to get started with. But when you have two blocks, two forks, then you have no basis to get started. So there will be huge confusion and it will be like a huge mess to sort through that, even if you go to social consensus. So this is a situation that we really want to avoid. And basically, with the Bitcoin timestamp, that does the tie-breaking for you. So one of the branch will have an earlier timestamp than the other one, and that one will win. So essentially. You can think of Bitcoin timestamp as kind of like a tiebreaker. Okay. Avoid, avoid people attempting to do this kind of thing because they know that you're protected by Bitcoin anyway. So this prevents people from actually attempting this kind of thing. Gotcha. Okay. And so when so you, you know the thing about security, the thing about security is that you don't want bad things to happen, right? And the way to avoid bad things to happen is that you have enough protection, enough safeguard that people know that there's no point in attempt, yeah. attempting to attack the system. So people often ask me, I say, hey, what, you know, do these attacks actually happen? But the whole point is that you don't want to see these attacks ever happening. So, <laughs> so that's sort of the, the thing about security is that uh, you don't want to see it happening. Yes. Okay. Has there ever been... Any double spend funny business in the cosmos? Yeah, you know? actually, I, that's a very interesting question. I do not know the answer to this question, actually. Now, mm. I bet uh, it'd be hard to get a solid answer to because there's yeah, someone. I, yeah. yeah, it's hard to get a solid answer to. And also because, you know, for honestly speaking, proof of stake chains has a relatively very short history of only about two to three years. Even Cosmos, you know, have been around for only a few years. And Cosmos is probably the earliest proof-of-stake uh, ecosystem. Compared to Bitcoin, which is like 14, 15 years, it's still very short. 
And so, for example, in proof of work chain, you have we have seen this double spend attack. For example, Ethereum Classic, there has been double spend attacks multiple times, and each time there's a double spend attack, the valuation of the chain went down like a certain significant factor. And uh, so, proof of stake chain uh, has a very short history, and my theory is that a lot of these proof of stake chain actually. The stake is controlled by either the founders, the early investors, uh, etc. And so this kind of double spend attack has not really happened yet, perhaps because a lot of these chains are actually quite centralized, as opposed to proof of work chain, which are much more decentralized. So that may be one reason why we have not seen this uh, attack. Gotcha. But as these proof of stake chain becomes more and more decentralized, which is our you know, our goal as a blockchain community. And just and, large, like more, more, more value on them, more, more importance to, you know, security of transactions. Yep. That's right. Like, I guess, I guess this sort of leads perfectly into my last sort of question I wanted to close with, um, which is why should people be excited for Babylon? Um, like I actually personally was extra excited for this space. I thought there was going to be a few more people in the audience um, because I think this is a super exciting addition to Cosmos. For me, it's because I feel kind of actually a, very much what you just said. It adds a layer of sort of proven reliability to Cosmos, which we're all banking on, which is relatively still new. And like the number one most awful thing that could happen with Cosmos is not going to be uh, some NFT project rugging or a DEX failing. You know, it's going to be some kind of like catastrophic failure or a double spend or something like the Ethereum classic situation. And so if we can just preempt that with something like Babylon, it just makes me feel much safer with my investment and spending time here. That's the angle I have kind of been looking at it from. Um, but maybe in your own words, like why should people be excited about what Babylon's bringing to Cosmos? I think what we're seeing right now, right, in this past six months is that there is actually a lot of activities around trying to improve the security in Cosmos. So Babylon is one of these efforts, but in, by far not the only one. You have mentioned mesh security. and We know that there's interchain security. And all these efforts are really trying to improve the base security of the uh, of the Cosmos infrastructure, of the Cosmos chains. And so I view like Bitcoin security as a very valuable addition, by no, by no means the only method of uh, adding security. And I think that's why I think people should be excited because, you know, you have to have Security is a really important thing, uh, and it is a very strong foundation for cosmos for ecosystems to have security. And if you want to, you know, compete with other ecosystems like Ethereum, I think sort of Bab Cosmos have already very a lot of advantages in terms of the app chain, to be able tailored consensus to specific applications. But certainly improving security will make the ecosystem much more competitive with other ecosystems. So I am really excited to try to contribute here. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is the kind of thing that can make 
future developers or migrating projects or you know startups look at cosmos and find maybe make the final decision to go with it which kind of at its core is like the most important thing for a growing ecosystem right is we need to attract people who want to build stuff and so having this kind of stuff in our infrastructure stack available for people to tap into uh is awesome i'm super excited um Pretty small space tonight. If anyone wants to come up and ask questions, we usually do it a little AMA here at the end, so definitely feel free to request. Um, in the meantime, David, is there anything else about Babylon or otherwise that you wanted to touch on that maybe we didn't get to? Uh, yeah, we are launching our testnet uh, next week. So we have seven chains integrated with us on the testnet, including Osmosis, Juno, Akash, Say, secret, and uh, stargaze, and a few other chains. So we're really excited to get this testnet going. And uh, if other chains are interested in integrating with us, please contact us. At you can DM us at Babylon Chain Babylon underscore Chain. That's our Twitter handle. And also, please follow us for more announcements in the next few weeks. Awesome. Uh, we do have a couple little questions here. Um, composable, I'm going to let you up. Um, and then we also have... Uh, so chat, is he still in the audience? Hopefully he's not, but maybe we'll check the recording or other people are wondering. So he says, how much will Babylon cost to use? And I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, and it might play into Composable's question here. So. Uh, actually, why don't you ask your question first, Composable, because I have a feeling it might play into it. Yeah, hey guys, sorry. My question, yeah, it was basically around if there's a token from Babylon, and if so, will it play like a role in sort of leveraging the Bitcoin security you guys are offering? Yeah, so the... Uh... Yes, so we pr we plan to launch the Babylon as a Cosmos SDK chain with uh, validators. So there will be um, a token, and the token will be a security a utility token. And uh, how it will work roughly is that whenever you have an IBC connection, you uh, uh, you will be updating the headers, and each update of the header will cost you a transaction uh, gas fees, and that will pay for the security. Uh, the details of the tokenomics, for example, whether this is entirely paid for using Babylon token or a fraction paid for by your own native token or use Atom as part of that, we have not figured out the details yet, but this is roughly how this is paid. Sweet, thanks. Thank you. Awesome. Okay, cool. Let me do one last DM check. Okay, no more questions. Cool. Well, I'm... I don't know. I, I'm very excited. Uh, I get excited for weird things. Like, I think... <laughs> I'm just, just in that in that other people get excited about things that they can play with like hands on like a dex or you know a new 
you know, whatever. Um, but like, I get really excited about infrastructure level stuff and sort of upgrades to core components in our stack and all that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, I think what you guys are doing is super clever. I feel like clever is the word I keep coming back to because once, I mean, I didn't really fully understand it till now, and I'm sure I still have some holes in my knowledge, but even when I just first kind of heard the concept and I think you first explained it to me, like, in the first five minutes of when we talked prior, I was like, oh, wait, this is, how's no one thought of this yet? <laughs> so really awesome stuff. Um, I'm glad you guys determined that Cosmos was the place to bring this. And yeah, I'm excited to see it be implemented. Uh, when is like the soonest we might see some of those chains that you listed earlier? Like uh, use Babylon. So the test then is launching next week. And so... Uh, the chains will be integrated. Four time frame. So, and in the meantime, we are also trying to identify many interesting use cases of this Bitcoin security. So, what are the you know important transactions that people want to be secured by Bitcoin? So, by the way, while I'm here. If the audience have any ideas, any interesting suggestions, please DM us too. Yeah, actually, for the numerous people that might listen to this on TerraSpaces later or some other platform, um, the Babylon chain handle is at Babylon underscore chain. Uh, David, he, how, how would you want people to get in touch with you, actually? Discord, DMing, uh, what's your, like, if people have yeah, ideas, uh, integrate, uh, yeah. The, the Discord is the... Uh, gg slash uh, babylon chain uh you can dm us on twitter i think that's the best way dm us on twitter cool so yep that's at babylon underscore chain for the twitter handle yeah cool, we David. actually already got a bunch of suggestions recently on how bitcoin security can be used quite interesting oh, nice. cases. and i'm sure there are yes, the and are, they, are there ideas that you guys like that you might implement some of? Uh, yeah, some people think, hey, maybe we can use Bitcoin timestamp to timestamp NFTs. So maybe you want to release some NFT tokens after a certain particular time and you can use Bitcoin to measure that time. So that's an interesting use. Yeah. Inter yeah, okay. I can tell this, this is going to be one of those nights where when I try and go to bed tonight, my brain's going to start going, what else could you do with this? Yeah. <laughs> if I think of anything, I'll definitely shout it out to you yeah. guys. Yeah. Um, cool. Really, really exciting really stuff. Um, by the way, David, did you, have you guys filled or figured out that marketing role that we were chatting about? Are you uh, like, are you guys still potentially no, looking? No, we are still looking. We are still looking. So. Okay. Um, I think I. I think I have someone in mind potentially. Um, okay. Let me let me DM them, see if they're interested. But I think it could be exactly what you're looking for. Great, great, cool. So we have, uh, yeah, we are we have got uh, one community manager, but we're still looking for more people to help us out in the community in the in the in the marketing effort. So if there's any suggestion, please let us know. Cool. Would this um, just would this be a full time role, part time? I just want to let them know. Oh, we're looking for a full time, full time um, person. Cool. 
just wanted to confirm. Yeah, we, I we will like, definitely we like people, have. We like people with full commitment to our project. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you might have a DM from myself, probably from the um, Timmy account in the next couple of days. Great. Cool. Thank you. All right, David. Well, thank you so much for being here tonight. Um, I know the spaces were a little small, but uh, we got Terra spaces and a lot of people listen to his archives. And uh, yeah, I'll definitely do my best to keep like shouting you guys out on Twitter yeah, and get the exposure up because yeah, well, you guys yeah. are doing a super cool, and I'm glad to see you doing it. So anyway, we can never help or support you guys. Just shout out. Happy to do like another spaces like this at another point in future. Maybe when you have a big update or something. Uh, but yeah, this has been great tonight. I want to thank you for joining us as well as everyone listening down there. And, uh, yeah, unless you have any closing thoughts or notes, I think we can sign off. Okay. Bye-bye. Awesome. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for checking out another episode of the ether. That was securing cosmos with Bitcoin cosmonaut bootcamp with Babylon chain hosted by Tendermint Timmy with spark IBC and cosmos spaces. And Interchain Info. And Joe Chain. Recorded on Wednesday, February 1st, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. If you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support meow. Meow with Spark IBC enabled now. Sneaking through back alleys on a little cosplay Broadway all day, looking like the wrong way Resuscitating major players in the waiting room Sifting through the paperwork while I be debating fools Breaking rules, breaking bad, like we always wait for doom Slayed a few in my early years, often hit the shroom Sitting in the dark, waiting for the daily news To let us know what we should believe as the latest truth Stay aloof, writing rhymes in the studio Trying to keep it well lit like filming a movie role Sorting through support from your endorsements Of course we're tripping balls, handing reports in the latest proof ain't a way to move, change the view Just a bunch of pack of heads living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner, finger licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute, then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Big thinking energy always gets the best of me When I kick it in the lab, messing with new recipes Gotta mix and match, flip the lash, letting rhythm scratch No shit, spitting facts with my vision smashed Big trip aristocrats, dishing out a list of trash Missing wisdom, this fish is too big to catch Better let the missus know where you hit the stash Watch your next step, bro, before you hit the traps Walking on eggshells, tripping over landmines And I'm about done dealing with these damn lies Man, I'm looking at this planet like a franchise Chastised into digging holes in the back nine the latest proof ain't a way to move, change the view Just a bunch of peck of heads living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner, finger licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute, then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two
Faces. <laughs>